Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100-to-1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament, that's code TATE, T-A-T-E, to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Tate. What did we just witness? We witnessed history, Mark Titus. I uh, I am still just sitting here uh, trying to get my uh, my bearings together as I, I think about the fact that Scott Drew, uh, when you and I first started doing a podcast, it was in 2016, or uh, you know, and we had this conversation. We said, "Is Scott Drew a good coach?" We laugh, we joke, ha ha ha. Um, and then you look at a time as it passes, and we get to 2021. Scott Drew wins a national championship. The Baylor Bears are your national champions, and. How do we get here, Mark Titus? Is the real question. How this was? I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna address the elephant in the room. This was not a good basketball game. This was a dud. This was the most anticipated national title game. We kept saying, you said it since 2005 at least. I said, forget 2005. This is more anticipated. These teams were supposed to play in December. They did not. They were supposed to play in Indianapolis. They did not. Mm. They have been the two best teams all season. Uh, I, I thought Gonzaga had been better for most of the season, and then Saturday night happens, and, and it made me rethink, like, oh, my God, Baylor looks so much better than Gonzaga on Saturday. Does that mean anything? But at the same time, you know, we've seen that before. In 2003, Kansas destroyed Marquette, and going into that title game, Kansas looked like they were better than Syracuse, you know, if you go off of the Final Four performances, and uh, Syracuse won that one. So I, I was I was going into this all over the place. That's that's what led, led to the anticipation. The fact that these two programs have been so good, or, or the, these two teams have been so good all season, that led to the anticipation. The two programs on similar arcs of, like, where they were 20 years ago, where they are now, it's all culminating in this moment. Both of them have to win this title to finally put the final stamp on it. And my God, I turned to you, Tate. It was four to nothing. I need you to confirm yeah. this for the people at home. I turned to you four to nothing when Jalen Suggs got the charging foul, and I said, "I think this one's over." Because like the tone from the gate. I mean, I don't. I wasn't serious, but I also wasn't not serious because the tone out of the gate was Baylor, for lack of a better term, punched him in the mouth, and we knew that that was Baylor's only shot. Not only shot. I should, I'm going to walk that back. That was. That was the blueprint for Baylor, was that Baylor has a tougher team. Baylor has has a more veteran team. Baylor has like a, 
uh, a team that they play better defense when they're on, right? Like they, there was that stretch when they had the COVID pause and they came back and they didn't play great defense. But Baylor at peak defense, that's how they win games is they guard people. They, they are physical. They are junkyard dog mentalities. And I thought, all right, if you tell me that Baylor's going to win this game, that's how they're going to do it, is they're just going to be super physical on the perimeter with, with Gonzaga. Um, they're going to rough them up, and Gonzaga's going to like try to finesse their way to a win and just keep looking at the bench like, what the hell's happening? But I thought even in that scenario that I played out in my mind of how Baylor wins this, I thought it, it's it's a close game. I thought it was like a UCLA-type game where it's like, and then Baylor makes a few plays down the stretch, and they win by five or six, you know? I, I, I thought this was – I thought a Baylor blowout was not impossible, but I, I am shocked. I am absolutely shocked at a Baylor blowout. I'm going to say that. I'm shocked. I, I am shocked as well, and I think the reason that we're both shocked is because when you watch Gonzaga play coming into this game, even including the UCLA game, you saw – such an, you know, a beautiful textbook display of basketball. You know, guys moving, guys cutting. You know, there, there's never a stagnant moment. But what we saw tonight was when you take a bunch of basketball players and you throw them against a bunch of athletes, and those athletes also happen to be top-tier basketball players, the physicality... It, Charles, is this yeah, I mean, this, this, this is, is Jimmy's and Joe's, folks. Uh, they had the Jimmy's, they had the Joe's, and you know, I think if you really kind of break it down by the guards, I mean, look, we we all know what Jalen Suggs is as a talent, but when you look at the three guards that Baylor had tonight, I mean, uh, Baylor is a uh, Baylor's defense in general. They're basically playing man, but they also have Gonzaga's offense is drive and kick. You know, drive, kick, and cut. And when you're driving and trying to kick, and Davion Mitchell can close out and get there. Yeah, I mean, it changes yeah. things for you. And then when they're also active enough, I mean, Gonzaga's looking over their shoulder the first 10 minutes of this game. They're worried about guys swatting passes away. They're worried about their shot getting blocked. They're rattled. They're mentally rattled. And Baylor, I mean, they had the perfect setting, you know, for this type of upset, right? Because at the end of the day, Baylor has been probably, I mean, definitely on the same level as Gonzaga the entire year. They, they were both the undefeated teams. We joked about, you know, what, Tier 1A, Tier 1B. We had Andy Katz all year tell us, you know, 1A, 1B. And the B just stood for Baylor. You know, it didn't stand for anything else. Mm -hmm. Or the Bears, whatever you want to say. And when you put these guys on the floor, they're playing with house money a little bit. You know, Gonzaga, they have everything to lose in this game. Baylor has everything to, to, to win, obviously. There's a lot of upside there. But that at the end of the day... I think they had the better guards tonight. I mean, you, you you really look at it across the board. I mean, Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, Macy Oteague outplayed, you know, Suggs, Ayayi, and Nimhard. And and that was really, you know, when we watch college basketball, we know it comes down to guard play, and, and that's what it was I saw. And then if you think the guards are going to kind of cancel each other out and it's going to come down to the big man, well, Drew Timmy tonight was shown what it was like to play against guys who were not afraid to uh, to really go at you. And, and Drew Timmy got shocked uh, by the system a little bit, and that system was the Baylor Bear defense. And uh, we always hear the trope, defense wins championships. I know it's funny. I know you can roll your eyes at it. But Baylor came into this game with a dog mentality that said, we are going to let the world know who we are as a basketball yeah. program. They were probably going to be a, a team last year that's going to be in the Final Four and now they're the national champions. And uh, for a guy like Scott Drew, 
to defend the Indiana Hoosier legacy of the 1976 title team. 76 Hoosiers popping champagne. Man, what a what a great day for uh, for IU fans, and what a great day for Homer Drew. I'm sure he was pulling for uh, you know this moment in time. I don't think he ever knew that his son would do this. And Scott Drew promised a national championship in 2003 when he went to Baylor, and I'm sure That's I'm insane. sure people lie, you know, probably laughed at him and probably walked out and said, "What a what an idiot!" You know, that was probably the moment in time. And because he was, I, I want to <laughs> say like you're still like if you jump out of a plane without a yeah. parachute and you like lay you know mm. and you don't die and you wake up and then everyone that was yelling what an idiot for doing that you can't then look at them and say like he yeah. was an idiot that yeah. was stupid to say that and yet he's right in the end so who's the idiot now i guess but uh yeah as a reminder which you're going to be reminded a million times i'm actually uh as as i'm about to remind people where baylor's program is uh i i'll, I'll, I'll do that first and then i'll complete my thought i suppose um Scott Drew takes over, mm-hmm. Tate, as a reminder for the people. Yep. 2003, uh, a teammate murders another teammate, and the slain teammate uh, was not on scholarship because uh, Dave Bliss, the head coach at Baylor, was trying to get extra scholarships. That was that was the situation. And the way he was, was had extra players on scholarship without, being, without using scholarships was he was paying for these players to go to school. Yep. That's an NCAA violation, obviously. Yes. Uh, so he was basically giving the guys cash, but they didn't really. Some of the, I guess the the other guy he was paying said he didn't know. Whatever. Point is, he's he he was committing NCAA violations that if you don't factor in a player murdering another player, it's already a, a bad situation, Tate. Mm-hmm. It's already a situation that's like, you know, the, the, this is this is if Scott Drew just inherited that alone, it's bad. And then you throw in the murder, and then the the the, the player that's murdered. Dave Bliss, then, like, the NCAA starts sniffing around, figuring out how, we, like, wait a second, these scholarships don't add up. How did he get all this money? And Dave Bliss says he was dealing drugs about a player that had been, you know, like, that was the situation that Scott Drew stepped mm-hmm. into. So you have, like, NCAA violations out the ass. You have, like, real-life messed-up stuff that, like, no program should ever have no to deal but, with. No human ever. should ever have to deal with, ever. You put them mm-hmm. together, and it's, like, the most heinous thing that, that's going on. And Scott Drew, at his introductory press conference, says... Yeah, I'm still gonna win a national title, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he does. And 18 years later, he does. And uh, it's it's insane that he that he got to this point. And all the talk about like whether he's a good coach or not, like it's obviously I was doing a bit. Like I I I I don't know. I I would just do both sides of like this. It's funny that people argue over whether or not he is. And um, yeah, we've put that to rest. Scott Drew is definitively a good coach. The Baylor was definitively much better than Gonzaga tonight to the point that, like you said, defense wins championship. You could have argued that Baylor's off. Yeah, I mean, time. I guess shooting 50% like, the, the, like probably re- gets you a championship they, as well, yeah. Could not miss. Uh, going into this game, I thought Drew Timmy was was a matchup to watch in that, insofar as I thought Drew Timmy might be a matchup problem for Baylor. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, who – I mean, w- once you see Drew Timmy light up Evan Mobley, you're like, all right – Chamwa Chachua and Flo Thamba and Mark Vidal, like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're not bad players by any stretch of the imagination. They can be good defenders, but like, they're not Evan Mobley, and and Timmy cooked Evan Mobley for God's mm-hmm. sakes. Like, what chance do these Baylor's I mean, have? Two NBA players, really. Yeah. yeah. So I circled Drew Timmy. I said, keep an eye on this guy. That like the guards might cancel each other out, but I don't know who's going to stop Drew Timmy. As it turns out, you were to keep an eye on Drew Timmy in this game, except you're to do it on the defensive end for Drew Timmy because he was the one getting cooked. No, sir, it will be you that is mm-hmm. getting cooked, is what Baylor said. Putting him in pick and rolls not all, all night, he, th- they had no answer. Gonzaga goes zone, which they barely done all season, um, to try to slow him down. It was 
it was as thorough of an ass kicking as I've ever seen in in uh in such a big anticipated game. Mm-hmm. Like I you know th- there are there are there are more notable ones. There's there's Villanova smoking Oklahoma obviously just a few years ago. Um the the we we've seen that wasn't a title game though. I mean like, Villanova in 2018, give, give, you know, smokes uh, and then in 2009 Carolina smokes Michigan State. Like we've had some and Michi- yeah. yeah, like we've seen we've seen some dud national title games. I I have never in my life been for a, a game so anticipated, been just sitting here like I cannot believe that this is happening. And even even as all the talk in the second half is like, all right, they've cut it to mm-hmm. nine. Uh oh, Gonzaga's cut it to nine. I honestly like never really felt like Gonzaga. Was ever in the I, game. I, I, yeah. I, I I have said on the show before this season that uh, Gonzaga, there's some, there's a calming presence about Gonzaga that. I said if they're down ten, I think I think what I said was like even if they're down ten with like four minutes left, I'm not panicking because they just they're so calm and cool and collected. They were not calm at any point in this game. The moment Jalen they're down four nothing and Jalen Suggs picks up the charging foul, they had like a look in their eye of like, what have we walked mm-hmm. into? And at no point were they even when they cut it to nine, I was like, Great, you cut it to nine. Like I don't see how you're gonna you cannot stop Baylor. So that's cool, you cut it to nine and then snap of a finger, it's back to like seventeen. That that it was as thorough of an ass kicking. I I if they play tomorrow, it th- th- it reminded me of Loyola Illinois. Like yeah. like, it's technically an upset, but like at the same time, play that game tomorrow. Baylor's kicking their yeah, ass. Yeah, I'm again, still taking Baylor you know? tomorrow. I'm still taking Baylor on Wednesday. I'm taking Baylor on Thursday. And at the end of the day, when you watch this Baylor team play, they had such a confidence about them, and they had such a belief in who they were as a team tonight. And I think you know. I have to say this, you know, I, I read a bunch of stuff this morning about Scott Drew and Mark Few and, and their friendship and how tonight was going to be tough for them. And apparently Scott Drew has been praying for Baylor every game or p- praying for Gonzaga every game this year. And I also figured out that while they've been in Indy, uh, you know, Scott Drew and Mark Few have been playing pickleball with each other. And mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me, Titus, and this may be a stretch, but it reminded me of, you know, hearing stories about Michael Jordan, you know, playing golf with Danny Ainge. You know, and and oh, it, it yeah. reminded me yep. of this sort of uh, gamesmanship, you know, kind of th- that was going on behind the scenes. And Scott Drew, you know, being able to play coy and act like, oh, shucks, Mark, your team is so historic. And, you know, you guys are are just so good. And, you know, we're, we're, we're just mm-hmm. happy to meet you in the title game. This is a Baylor team that looked like they've been looking at bulletin board material all year on Gonzaga. I think that they knew that this was a crash course. I think they expected to be in the title game. And I think that they hoped that Gonzaga was the other team on the other side because I think that they had a lot to prove in the sense that, look, we, we've talked about it being a Tier 1 uh, Gonzaga and then Baylor's right there, you know, 1B like we joked about. They made the statement yeah. tonight. And I think in general for just the the audience at home, I mean, you expected Gonzaga to, to punch back at some point, but instead yeah. they, they had no, yeah. they had no counter move. They like the zone was the biggest counter that they threw at, at, you know, Baylor the entire night. And let's just be honest, Macy Oteague was unbelievable from the mid range. I think he had like 14 points, like in the first half with six minutes to go, like six of eight from the field. It, it looked unstoppable. And Gonzaga is going to Mark few is going to drill mid range yes. defense. All, yes. Like, like Gonzaga is going to give up layups and threes every game next year, because Mark few is going to like study UCLA and Baylor tape and be we like, we got to stop this. You know what? The future, the future is the mid range. <laughs> we have to stop mid range. That's, that's our weakness. That's our kill. I mean, <laughs> literally, literally. And you watch Johnny Juzang and UCLA go insane against these guys. And, you know, to be honest with you, I, I can only imagine the emotional high that you come off of after that UCLA game. If you are Gonzaga to go yeah. from Jay, Jalen Suggs hitting that shot. You're celebrating like you won the title. And then, you know, 
here we go. We're, we're about to play the next day. And that's like, uh, and, and, you know, fair enough. It kind of reminded me, you mentioned Illinois. It reminded me of Illinois winning the Big Ten Championship on Lucas Oil Stadium, you know, on that court that they're going to end up playing a national title, they think, in their mind. But they already kind of won the national title. They just, they just won the tournament against yeah. the quote-unquote best conference the entire season. So it's hard to then get that, you know, the, whatever you need to get going. And uh, mentally, Baylor... I, I'm telling you, man, this team, I've never seen a fire quite like that from the jump. And you said it, 4-0, you and I, we turn heads, and you say, I think it's over. And like we, we kind of, like you said, we joke about these things, but we, joke, but we do we that, that a lot, a lot as fair, a joke. So. And But when you said it, but, it was like, I felt it as well. And and look, the charge was a tough call on Suggs, but at the end of the day, he has a bad reach in on the other end. And that didn't matter. Suggs being in foul trouble really did not yeah. matter in this game. It mattered. It, I, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. I will say, like, the margin, I think, Matt, like, the game got away from, like, Suggs gets put on the bench. And Suggs was the one guy that seemed like he could hang with, like, Baylor's yes. guards. Like, the, everyone else is getting swallowed alive. Kisper couldn't put two wonder, dribbles on the floor, yeah, on the court before right. someone's all over him, yeah. You do wonder if Suggs doesn't get in foul trouble what the game looks like. I don't, it's, I'm, by no means am I saying Gonzaga wins or whatever, but, like, I don't think it's, maybe it's not as big of a bloodbath. Maybe it's not as big of a bloodbath if Mark Few calls timeout, which, uh, you know, you got to be upset about all this because Mark Few not calling timeout as his team is getting ran off the court in a big game um paired with Mark Few losing a national title game and maybe you know having having looking in the mirror tonight and saying have I reached the peak of Gonzaga can I get this team over the hump maybe I should leave if UNC doesn't pull the trigger on Hubert Davis tape maybe Mark Few, Mark Few has some Roy Williams mm. vibes Mark Few, this is this is Roy Williams. Yeah, to, this, uh, this is this is Roy Williams of Carolina. <laughs> yeah, three is it, what it exactly. is. <laughs> and it's funny because you know they brought up. I mean, Jared Butler was the first player since 2003 to have 20 points and seven or more assists. You know, and the last guy to do that was Carmelo Anthony in a title game. And so we go back to 2003 in that sense. So they are theoretically yeah. Syracuse. And if you are going to put it in that sense, then Roy Williams is on the other side. Where's Tracy? Yeah. Where's Tracy Wilson asking Mark Few about yeah, the and he's like, I don't give, yeah, I don't give a damn about <laughs> it. You know what I mean? And I think uh, that's where we could have been in North Carolina didn't shore up the situation. But in general, um, you know, it reminded me of the OA Kansas game uh, a little bit in the final four. North Carolina gets down just and it just compounds. And you can kind of see the guys get yeah. tight. You can see we, we, saw, well, we saw Nimhard one time drive to the basket. Ayayi is wide open, like uh, nine, 10 times out of 10. Any other day, Gonzaga's playing, Nimhard swings that over, and we get a three, and we settle things down. But instead, he's got his head down trying to drive to the basket, throws up a ridiculously bad shot, and it's all because of the panic. It's all because the we're trying to make a hero play. We're trying to hit a home run, and all we really need is a base hit. All we really need is to, to yeah. get on the board and try to kind of get things rolling, and they never got there. Mark Few did his best. I, I will not put the, the blame on Mark Few. I will not say that you, know, you can blame coaching here. I think, if anything, you do the flip side of that and say, Give kudos to the players on Baylor. They took this game personally. They were not going to let Drew Timmy yeah. stroke his mustache and flex at them. My favorite, my favorite moment of tonight was Macy Oteague in the second half. What should have been an and one gets a tough layup on Timmy and then flexes back at him. I've been waiting all year for yeah. someone to flex back at yeah. this guy, and I loved it. it. Was my guy from UNC Asheville, Macy Oteague, and uh, I mean Gonzaga. They are a great program. They will be back in a national title game again. I think if you're a Gonzaga fan, you don't need to worry, like, will we ever be back? You will obviously be back. But hopefully yeah, hopefully you, you the, come back you next year, foundation. to be honest with you. That, that's what you would hope. 
quick break to get a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of all the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you 100-1 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this weekend's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you cash $100. DraftKings, of course, is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 at the golfer of your choosing Finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament. That's code T-A-T-E to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of the places where Discover is accepted. That's right, 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report, limitations apply. As you look at where the lay of the land is, um, I think this is more pro Baylor than than it is negative Gonzaga. I was uh, that's exactly what I wanted to say because I, I I think there is a tendency, given that Gonzaga was the favorite in this game, given that Gonzaga was undefeated, um, and and this was supposed to be in a lot of people's minds the 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 crowning of Gonzaga. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're talking about the arcs of both programs, they are very similar trajectories. But if we're being honest, Gonzaga has always been a, a step or two above Baylor, like in every every path of this. You know what I mean? Like Gonzaga has been knocking at the door for longer. Uh, they 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 have been to a national title. This was Baylor's first Final Four in seventy one years. Gonzaga was was two minutes away from a title four years ago. Um, so if you're doing like who quote unquote deserved it as a program more Gonzaga was the answer. And for that reason, I think all eyes were on Gonzaga in this game. Mm-hmm. And when Gonzaga is down like nineteen to four or whatever it is out of the gate. Uh, it, it, there's a tendency, I'm sure, for people to be like, "This team's frauds. Like they're 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 frauds. They don't belong here." And uh, I get it, and and that's fair. Like you should not in any way like applaud Gonzaga for the effort they put forward tonight. But I think diminishing what Gonzaga accomplished this year and how good that team is, uh, it, it takes away from from what Baylor did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like like if you if you say that Gonzaga is a fraud and that Gonzaga sucks and that Gonzaga can't hang with the big boys and that Gonzaga chokes and, and on and on and on. What you're basically saying is I'm not that impressed with what Baylor did tonight mm-hmm. because they did it against a weak imp- opponent. No. Gonzaga was what we thought they were. Baylor was just better. Baylor was just that good. And that that is I, – I really feel like we saw two all-time teams playing tonight, Tate. Mm-hmm. And one of them kicked the other one's ass. Yeah. And that, that's the bottom line to me. It's like I – I, I, everything I thought about Gonzaga all season was not wrong. What was wrong was that I thought they were better than Baylor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gonzaga is still very good. Gonzaga, um, and that, that it, it, listen though, it's a failure of a season. Like there, there's no, make no mistake about it. Like Gonzaga was national title or bust. Uh, there's not a single person, uh, that, that, that actually has stake in the Gonzaga program. That's like, you know, we, we, they might say we have a lot to be happy about, but there's not a single person that's like, 
yeah, this is what we wanted. We mm-hmm. wanted to like make a net. This is a successful season in our eyes. It's not. They wanted to win a national title. It was national title or bust, and they didn't do it. But um, at the same time, that team is a team. I will remember this Gonzaga team forever in the same way you remember the 2015 Kentucky and the 91 UNLV and all these other ones we've been talking about during this run of like teams that have been undefeated before. The 1957 Kansas short. team with Will Chamberlain. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. There, there are teams and moments in time that you always remember, and I think you said it best. This is a Baylor Bears story, and I think that's what I want to focus on because it's not about trying to RIP Gonzaga, LOL Gonzaga, meme Gonzaga, troll Gonzaga. It's about the fact that the Baylor Bears, and, and my mom texted me this, this, is a great point. You know, I, we were talking about pecking orders and getting up the rung of the ladder, and Baylor had never made their first Final Four. So you assume, okay, Gonzaga made their first Final Four in 2017. Now they're back in the title game in 2021. They're going to get, like you said, we're going to check the box here, and now Baylor's going to lose, but they're going to come back in a couple years, and they're going to get their national championship. But, you know, without the officials in 2010 working for Duke, Baylor gets to their first <laughs> Final Four in 2010. And shout out to my yeah. mom for pointing that out. So... Baylor had already gotten to that point before. Scott Drew had been but, knocking but on I, the door. Can I stop you there? Because it doesn't even work that way anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand. Yeah. I'm not saying you think that way, but yeah. like this idea that there is a pattern that you have to like get there first and get a taste, and then and then the next time you come, you can win. Like t- the, Tony Bennett made his first Final Four two years ago and yeah. won the national title. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we've seen two coaches in a row now. The first time they've been there. They've won national titles, so uh, I get what you're saying. Though that that is the line of that, thinking. That, that is what, just what you happen. assume yeah. in life, right? You you have yeah. checkpoints, and you hit this checkpoint, you're going to get there. And I think, if anything, what I was trying to say is that Scott Drew was not afraid of this stage and thought that this team should be on this stage and believed that last year they were a Final Four team. So it wasn't unfamiliar territory, to say the least. And I think the fact that they got there, the fact that they delivered, the fact that they played their best game, and the fact that we're going to look back on this Baylor team, and and let's just map it out. Their first loss is coming off COVID pause. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that's... That's a little iffy. Their second loss comes to Kate Cunningham, who will probably be the number one pick in the NBA draft. So you can kind of take that loss uh, and say, look, I mean, maybe on Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, if 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 the ter- if we have like two more months of season, I think Davion Mitchell is going to be there. like the way he's just like a he's he's a rocket shooting to the moon right now. And if if there was more season to be played, like for God's sakes, the guy was he even a first round pick like two months ago. I don't think so. I don't think so. And now and you're now seeing him as like, a lottery guy. I mean, I've seen yeah. people. I mean, it does seem like Marcus Smart is the the number one you know example that you're getting for Davion Mitchell. I think Davion Mitchell. Is I mean, for as far as a college player, is definitely more individually skilled than Marcus Smart. And I'm not saying Marcus yes. Smart now. Marcus Smart, fully formed right now, is one of the most skilled players you can see. But like in college, Davion yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, Marcus Smart couldn't shoot. He couldn't. Yeah, he yeah. Just, like, just he was a junkyard and, dog, yeah. and that was kind of yeah, like his yeah. calling card. And in general, Davion Mitchell. I mean, how many times do we see Davion Mitchell get switched tonight and Timmy come out on it? And he's like, oh, this is like an and one showcase. Like, I'm about to cook yeah. this dude. And yeah. that is uh, kind of how they played with just such an air of confidence I know I keep saying that but like it does mean something and it does show how much they believe in themselves and those are their two losses right you come off a pause off a global pandemic that's going on so there's a little bit of an understanding there and in the Allen other one field house in Allen field house yeah. against Kansas which is like one of the hardest places to play in the entire country if not the hardest place to play in the entire country and against Kate Cunningham and everything else has been W's you know what I mean so yeah. Yeah. and, and 
if you look back at this tournament run, they their two Final Four games are blowouts. Like, they blow out Houston. They blow out Gonzaga, who's undefeated. Dominant. Dominated. Dominant. So, Dominant. when we look back on this team, we have to... What My whole point is, let's reframe Baylor, right? Like, that. that's, that's where I want to be at. I, I want to reframe Baylor and show... That they are historically great, even though we know that they are great. Well, like let's let's go ahead and say that they are historically great. What they did in this Final Four and what they did to Gonzaga. I mean, this is a this was supposed to be a crowning of Gonzaga for being historically great. And what Baylor did tonight on the flip side shows that this team will be remembered in that same aura, that same awe. And I think yeah, that to me is what I take away. And I think Scott Drew and these guys. I mean, I'm gonna remember remember. Mitchell, you know, for being who he is and what he's been able to do this tournament. I'm going to remember Jared Butler for the season that he had, the regular season, first team All-American. I'm going to remember Macy Oteague for being the face of, like, what a good transfer in college. Because he was just too good to be at UNC Asheville when he was there. Like, yeah. I watched him play at UNC yeah. Asheville. I'm like, where's this kid going to go? He's going to go to Baylor and be great. And you got guys like Vital and, like, they, they all stepped up and they played their role to perfection. And Matthew they Meyer with a big two points. Yeah. I predicted he'd score 26, <laughs> I think, is what I said. <laughs> but in general, man, I'm just telling you. Mullet. This is great. I'm yeah, just telling yeah. you, this is a this is a Baylor Bear story, and I and I don't want it to to get lost. And I know we have to talk about Gonzaga, and I know we have to kind of like try to figure out what it looks like, and 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 try to give them their own funeral of sorts. But at the end of the day, I I did not leave thinking yeah, about Gonzaga. I don't have to. I mean, I left we'll talking lay, about Baylor. Yeah, I, that's how I am. Like I, because Gonzaga, this is not like a, like you said, this is not for Gonzaga. Uh, they're climbed the mountaintop and now they've fallen all the way back down the mountain. No. They just like they went to summit. They realized the conditions weren't right for the summit. Yeah, it's so a little too back. windy up they're, there. They're, yeah. So they're going back down a little bit and they're like, yeah, we'll try to summit next year. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's they're still very much up near the top of the mountain and they will be next year and they will be for the foreseeable future. And Scott but, Drew's uh, on top of that yeah. mountain, like just praying right now. And he's just, and, and all Dre, and all you hear is God's plan behind him. I mean, seriously, he's, like this is, <laughs> this is, uh, and there, he prayed for Gonzaga every game this year, except this game. He is, he's, he's Gonzaga's sister, Jean, and then it. he cursed him. To, yeah. Say it for the <laughs> people in the back, is. Titus. Let them know, because sister Jean is probably real upset right now. She's like, I thought it was me, uh, but it's really been Scott Drew the whole time. And Scott, Scott Drew, Drew pulled the strings on all of this. Dude. I on mean, all of this. I mean, God's plan. And then also, to make it more on God's plan, they are the second team to win a national title with no McDonald's All-Americans on the roster. So let's say that again. 0-2 Maryland? Yeah. So, 0-2 Maryland is yeah, the other yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. There you go. And he and he does it in Indianapolis. Um remember remember when I was uh man, if, if IU and Carolina just don't hire their coaches, we could have been looking at Mark Few going to Carolina sketch. Remember <laughs> when I said that? Like I threw out that uh that was like months ago, wasn't it? Yeah. That that is undefeated and, and Baylor beats him in Indianapolis and all the I IU mean, people are like I- Man, you take take the job. You preserve the '76 Hoosiers legacy. Well, that's going to say we we had someone, uh, a friend of the program, reach out to us, and apparently, I mean, I remember talking about this, but you know, we talk a lot, Mark Titus, on the air. So sometimes you get we'll lost in the sauce. We talk about, a lot yeah, off the air. We, too. we talk a lot. So like, we, <laughs> we don't even know half the time what we're saying. So, um, or we forget what we have said, or we try to piece it back together. But someone reminded us that we pointed out Scott Drew, which is had to preserve the Hoosier legacy in Indiana, yeah. and he did it. So congratulations, yeah, and he Scott did. Drew. We, by the way, we we talked so much, which is why like if something happens and i don't remember if i said it was gonna happen or not mm-hmm. i just say as i called it as i called it. yeah as i said <laughs> as i said as predicted on this times, show <laughs> as expected mm. baylor blew out gonzaga as i said on the show many times heading into this game yeah baylor lost to basically covid and cade that's what it boils down to yeah is is those were their two losses dude historic historic formidable 
Both of those are very formidable opponents. They are a historic team, but uh, as you said, uh, Gonzaga is too. I mean, like, I, yeah. I, I think, you know. I, I'm not I, here I, to as, dismiss everything that Gonzaga did because they lost this game. That's all I'm saying. And I know a lot of people, way, they, they and, feel like that's what you have to do. Yeah, and, and you want to pretend like we're not going to remember Gonzaga now because it, it, it doesn't matter if you don't win the title, which is true. Like, it, it, it doesn't make it a success, but we're still going to remember them because, mm-hmm. I mean, for God's sakes, we talk about almost champions all the time. That's like a – that's an argument almost as, as nauseating as, as who are Blue Bloods is the, like, who's the best team to never win it. We know mm-hmm. who the best teams to win it are, but what about the best team to never win it? And then people start fighting over that because – uh, we remember a lot of these teams. Mm-hmm. There, I, I maybe played on one, to be honest with you. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. That team gets brought up a lot. Absolutely. Like, and uh, yeah, I mean, you go. You, I mean, you ask Memphis, Ohio State Derrick fan. Rose, the next year. I mean, you could go yeah. every single year. There's a team that you get. People I mean, remember yeah. runner ups. Gordon a Hayward, lot. Butler. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. You yeah just, the list goes on. They I mean. show. It's like yeah. By the way, the Gordon Hayward shot. I remember like it doesn't go in, and for that whole week after, people were like, "Man, if that would have gone in, we would see that shot all the time." <laughs> it's like we like, still that, see would, that shot would be shown. <laughs> I was like, "We still here. We are eleven years later. We still see it all the time." Yeah. So, uh, to that point, Gonzaga is still. A historic team. They are still a team that, uh, yeah, I will remember forever. But I, I think you'll, I'll do so with the context that, like, context that, like, as good as that team was, there was another team even better. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that just speaks to how great Baylor was tonight. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to really like figure out what else to talk about, dude. Because it's like we got a definitive answer. I mean, I think in some ways it's a bummer that the game wasn't better because it was so anticipated and, and this is what we've been waiting for all season. But in other ways, it's like, I don't know, man, the better team won. I don't, I don't think there's any, there's, there's any no discrepancies. Yeah. There's no like what would happen if this was a seven game series. I don't think Baylor sweeps them by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I don't think you can watch what you watch tonight and argue that Gonzaga is winning a seven game series, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you could, but I would laugh at you. Yeah, so, yeah I, I would 100% um, laugh at you at this point. So there's no for, – for for guys like you and I who love both love the madness of March but also wish there was a way to make sure the best team still wins because, like, the as cool as the randomness is, like, man, it would suck if, like, you know, the randomness can lead to an, a, an unworthy, undeserving team winning the title. Mm-hmm. We got the best of both worlds with this tournament. We got the Mickey Mouse all the way up until tonight. We got the – all the randomness and the the junk happening and upsets galore. And then in the end, when all the dust settled, the two best teams in the country played. The two best teams uh, maybe of the last two years, you know, however many years you want to put it. Like, these are all-time teams. I don't know how many all – I'm not saying top ten all-time, but I'm saying these are all-time teams. If I'm making a college basketball time capsule for when the earth gets swallowed by the sun and we're shooting it out into space – these are the teams you need to remember. I'm putting mm-hmm. both of these teams in my time capsule. And I'm saying, yeah. here you go, aliens. Yeah. Learn about these teams. So you're um, saying it's officially one tier. That's what we're on. Yeah, one, tier, one tier that you ship and, off. Yeah, yeah. and uh, those were the two teams that played, and the better team won. And like that's a perfect storybook ending in some ways, even though it ended up being a game that was like over five minutes in. <laughs> yeah, and, and let's so. just be quite honest. I mean, Saturday night is one of those games where it'll be remembered and people will forget that that was the the national semifinal. You know, kind of yeah. sometimes people, Wisconsin and Kentucky in 2015, they get lost and they're like, oh, I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. And then Wisconsin lost to Duke. I mean, that, you know, Jalen Sugshot, we'll see a million different times over. But the reason why it seems so impactful, because, you know, we we talked about this on our last show. It, it felt very Team of Destiny vibes. It felt like they were supposed to do this at this point. But in reality, 
that's not how it works. Like we were just talking about like going yeah. up the rung to the ladder. It's not, it's not just going to happen because it's quote unquote supposed to happen. I don't think, I don't, I don't know don't if think, Loki's like the, going back in time and twisting time and making things happen, you know, out of sorts, but Baylor, I mean, they, they deserve, they deserve this. Think, <laughs> There's just no doubt about yeah, it. I don't, I don't think, I don't think there is any formula for like, like I think I, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of this as much as anybody, but I think, you try to find patterns mm-hmm. to explain the madness. Like yeah, we watch March Madness every year and we try to like understand how and why this did happen or this will happen. And the best way to do that is to look at past madnesses and say, like, here are some patterns we see. So here's how this will probably go. Mm-hmm. And I don't think those patterns really exist. You know, like I, I think people are now going to take there is going to now be a narrative about Gonzaga that they can't win the big one because there's been a narrative about Gonzaga for that forever. And the big one has always moved from they can't win in the Sweet 16 to they now well they can't ever make a Final Four to now they can't, and that's always going to happen. But you know the same thing was being said about Baylor for God's sakes that was being said about Scott Drew and he just won a national title in his first trip to the Final Four. It was said two years ago about Tony Bennett after he loses to a 16 seed that Tony Bennett will never ever ever people are cl- using the clapping mm-hmm. emojis mm-hmm. on Twitter. He will never ever mm-hmm. ever get over it. Win a title, and then the very next year he wins a national title. So, uh, my point, like I, I, I'm, I, I want to uh, encourage people, and, and I'm saying this out loud so I hear it myself, and I do it. <laughs> That's how it <laughs> to works. To stop, yeah. like not draw too many conclusions, or like not try to, you know, because I'm sure there are people that are like, well, I'm never, you know, like Gonzaga next year will be great, and we'll hear it again, and be like, Gonzaga can't win a title, and that's fine. Like I don't. You know, even even this year when I was going to bat for Gonzaga, I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not telling you pick him to win a title. Pick pick Bay- Baylor is a worthy. Michigan was good enough to win a title yep. this year. I could have if Michigan would have won, I wouldn't have been shocked. Uh, I would, I was just saying like this Gonzaga team is is clearly better than any Gonzaga team that we've ever seen, and I still think that's true. I still think this is the best Gonzaga team of all time. Pretty clearly the best team of all time uh, that Gonzaga's ever had. They just didn't have it tonight, and and that's that. So I guess like moving forward. I, I don't think we should move forward with the assumption that Mark Few will never win a title. Mm-hmm. Because we said that about, as you pointed out, that was Dean Smith's thing. Dean Smith loses two title games. and You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Dean Smith did it in a very similar time frame, too. I mean, 77 with Phil Ford, that was supposed to be the year that Dean Smith finally does it with you know the, the, the best point guard that North Carolina has ever seen. A guy who controls four corners. A guy who can basically freeze out a game and choke out a game. They lose to Marquette. Um, and that was a shock to the system, very similar to, uh, you know, Mark Few losing in, say, 2017. Four years later, Dean Smith goes to the title game. Unfortunately, the president, Ronald Reagan, is shot. Uh, America <laughs> says we should not play a title game. Bob Knight says we should. Dean Smith. That was their version of COVID? Yeah, Dean, yeah. Dean Smith was not prepared to play that game. Uh, it was very confused as to why they did. And then North Carolina loses. And then the next year, 1982, a kid by the name of Mike Jordan decides to go to North Carolina and takes a big shot, hits the big shot. And Dean Smith gets over the hump. And America immediately changes course and says Dean Smith is now officially one of the best so coaches there you in go. basketball. There's- it, if you want patterns, there's your pattern. Yeah. Like maybe that's the Mark Few pattern, or maybe mm-hmm. it's not. Maybe he will go to like seven title games and never win, and that'll be his legacy. The point is, we don't know, and uh, I don't know. That 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 that's 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 what makes it fun. Yeah. If we knew, it wouldn't be as fun. And so. and it's <laughs> the whole point to say is like it is a it is a grind, it is a climb, and you know. Just to say that it happened is amazing. Just to win one title is obviously incredible. And Scott Drew right now, I mean. 
he's on cloud nine, even though he promised in his press conference he was going to win a national title. I mean, that's more talk. We know what that is. I mean, that is what. Yeah. What else are you going to say? I, I'm coming here to hopefully win 20 games a year, and I want to finish I, in the top <laughs> half of the Big 12 once. Yeah, is yeah. my goal with this. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. like, that's just not what it is. And uh, you know, I know Mark Few will be back. I know Mark Few is a really, really good basketball coach. I know that Mark Few has a great program going, and I have no doubt that if you're a Gonzaga fan, you'll be back. I think in general the, the the frustration has to be, and and we understand this is that this team is so good. Like this team is is so deserving of a championship. But on the flip side, so is Baylor, and and right, and those right. teams met in the title game, which we shouldn't be taking this as like a, as a like wow this sucks. It should be like man, two perennially a great teams that we're gonna remember for decades played each other. And then we learned that one of them, when they, when push came to shove, they were not going to. Baylor was not going to lose this game, no matter yeah. what. Like they would literally fight these guys in the parking lot afterwards. If you said they, that's what it would turn into, they would play I, them I, in poker if they had to win a title I was that way. Say, they would do anything was, to win this game. Vital would do anything to win this game. Mitchell would do anything to win this game. And I I will say this: I'm not. That's not to say that that, that Gonzaga didn't want to win. I'm just saying the way that they played, it, it would it would take a whole lot. And look. Drew Timmy has annoyed me to no end, you know, this entire season. As you know, Titus, I've joked with you about it, and I'm like, I'm ready for someone to flex on this guy and get back at him and see what he has. I think that Drew Timmy's got to come back in a very Christian, Christian Leitner type way. I think he's got to come back. This is the running Rebels, right? This is this is UNLV, you know, stomping dude, smacking nineteen ninety, yeah. yeah. And then yes. and then and then and then they come back the next year and they and they show who they are. And I think that's late. there's your pattern. There's a pattern. There's for a you. pattern for yeah. you. If you're a Gonzaga fan, you can see that. And I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. But regardless, I wanted Timmy tonight to feel that. I think he did feel it. I think Baylor showed him what it was like to, to, to have that physicality up in your face. And I think that Drew Timmy will be a better player for it. I don't know if Corey Kispert will come back. I don't know if Jalen Suggs will come back. I assume that he won't. Um, but they're going to get no, top flight players. No, no. I mean, yeah. yes, of course. But I'm, you know, I'm saying that for, you know, I'm just saying that to say that. But like, they're gone. Um, and so, you know, but they got five stars coming in. The program is at a top flight level, so you're going to be here because you have an amazing coach and you have an amazing program, and it's going to be okay. But also, don't let that detract from the fact that Baylor is also now at that top flight level. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy, though? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. So go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Also want to talk about our friends at Homage. Homage has been a, a partner with us forever. They Going back to, I've told the story a million times, back when I had my Club Trillion blog at Ohio State, and uh, the, the founder of Homage, Ryan Vessler, reached out to me, wanted to make Club Trill t-shirts. We sold a lot of them. We raised a lot of money for a great cause. And uh, they, they're just great people, and we, we, we love working with them. And, and best of all, they have great products. I'm wearing – I'm literally wearing an Ohio State sweatshirt right now from Homage because uh, they're the best. So uh, Homage is out with their March basketball collection featuring all sorts of awesome stuff like Sister Jean T-shirts. That's correct. V- vintage Michigan gear to show the Big Ten love. Also, they got some uh, some some specific stuff to the to the tournament that was th- that, that went on this year. In an Indiana bubble on an Indiana night, an ode to a popular song that recalls the oddness of this year's tournament, and plenty of onions, onions. 
So go to homage.com. Do us a big favor. If you love the show, if you love Titus and Tate, if you love either one of us but hate the other, it doesn't matter. Whatever combination, whatever led you here, we need you to do us a huge favor and go support our friends at homage.com. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Grove Collaborative. Small changes toward a healthier lifestyle can add up in a big way. Not sure where to begin? Introducing Grove Collaborative. Running to the store has been pretty stressful lately, and there's nothing worse than forgetting something on your list and needing to make multiple trips. Shopping for home essentials should be easy and convenient. That's where Grove Collaborative comes in. 70% of people say they use natural products, but only 2% do. Why? Because what they sell at the store is from the biggest companies, not necessarily the ones that are best for you. So where do you start? Introducing Grove Collaborative. Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. Grove Collaborative takes the guesswork out of going green. Browse the site for thousands of home, beauty, and personal care products, all guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. With Grove, you don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. Join over 2 million households who have trusted Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. Making the switch to natural products has never been easier for a limited time when my listeners go to grove.co slash titus you will get to choose a free gift with your first order of 30 dollars or more but you have to use the special code go to grove.co slash titus to get your exclusive offer that's grove.co slash titus remember when you know baylor was getting perry ellis and these guys perry jones and, and, and everyone's like this isn't supposed to happen to Baylor. Well, now when you see a five-star commit to Baylor, it's going to make sense. And that's scary because yeah. Baylor has a lot to offer to a lot of these kids that are five-star top-flight players. I told you one time John Wall was going to Baylor, and you looked at me like I was – he had three heads. But, like, that was – I didn't disagree. No, I was no, no. Like, you were like, I didn't know that was common knowledge, but that was kind of what the talk was at one time. And I'm telling you that Baylor now will be able to have a top-five pick go to their team, like a Jalen Suggs. And so you're saying you're – saying, Scottry's going to come full circle and start getting five stars and losing in the lead eight again. It, it, like Jay Wright right did. Back where we that's were. that's yeah. what Jay Wright did. And then Jay Wright was like, I don't need five stars. I need four plus guys. You know what I mean? That's more yeah. of my mold. And Scott Drew will find his mold. This is the perfect Scott Drew team. I am very, very excited about what Baylor basketball will look like now that they're at. They have a seat at the table, right? They have a legitimate yeah. seat at the table. Blue blood? New blood. Not a blue blood. Drew but I think blood. A new blood. A new blood. A Drew blood. There you Drew go. Drew blood. I love Drew it. Blood. Drew Blood. Um, I, I think I think you made a great point that I, I had this thought uh, throughout the game that that uh, I didn't even share with you. So the fact that you said oh, something similar just means we're just kindred spirits and we're sharing one brain. We spend so much time together. <laughs> that Baylor would have won this game no matter what sport it was. That you said if they were playing poker, if the, that, yeah. that, that's like the vibe I got. Like if you if at halftime they came out and they're like, all right guys, we're playing hockey instead. The second we're half, playing pickleball. Like, cool, play. If they're playing pickleball, we're playing like... pickleball. Yeah, they're like. <laughs> Every single Baylor guy would be like, "Cool, we're gonna beat their ass." Yeah. I don't even know how to play. We're gonna beat their ass. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't. They're care. looking at Whatever coach. Is, they're like, "Is this cool? Be, is this, yeah. Are these the rules?" Yeah. Because I want to rip this net out. Like, can I? Can yeah. I touch yeah. him? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you also, by the way, the silver lining for Gonzaga, is, as you mentioned, is I think Drew Timmy, uh, his draft stock is is hurting after this game. Like in all seriousness, like you said, bring him back because of the Christian Leitner parallels. I'm saying. If, if the guy the guy has to figure out how to guard ball screens and so like he his his you know like yeah. his, his NBA stock is I don't know I I like Drew Timmy I love watching him play and I I enjoy all the antics the mustache and the flexing and I I think he was 
uh, in a lot of ways, the difference for Gonzaga and some. And, I mean, certainly he was the best player for Gonzaga this entire tournament. For sure, he was. He um, was the most outstanding player if he played like he and, had been playing. He just didn't tonight because Baylor and got as, up in him. You know, as as awesome as Suggs has been all year, and and Kispert has been all year, and I has been all year. Uh, you know, you can make an argument that Timmy was like what made them good because if if they when they don't have Timmy, then like they're a different kind of team than when they had him and whatever else. So like there was all that leading into this game, and then my God, you know, it it, it you got to call what 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 it was, which is he just he couldn't play defense in this game. Yeah. He was he was bad defensively, and uh, if I'm a Gonzaga fan, I'm like that sucks, but you know maybe he comes back. Pair him with Chet Holmgren, put him at the four with Chet. I guess Chet doesn't play the five, does he? I think Put he Chet can. at stretch five. Yeah, he can. Put Timmy yeah. at the five. Let Chet play the stretch four. Let Walker mm-hmm. Kessler play the stretch three. Hey, I'm hearing good <laughs> things about Walker Kessler right now, by the way. So Coming uh, back to I'm, not, I'm not going to wood. I'm not wood. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Is there is there anything else we got to hit about this game? I mean, like it, it was kind of a dud of a national title game, but uh, it's as I said, it, it, it the, the story is still there. Like the story the, the, is Baylor. Yeah. Um, and, and what a story it is, man. I mean, the what sto- a story yeah, is. the story is really simple. Uh, the 1976 Hoosiers, the legacy is protected by Homer Drew's son um, in Indianapolis. And uh, the one thing we've learned about Indy, if you're an undefeated team and you come to Indy, you're going to lose. So uh, just, it, yeah, just just go ahead. And, go well yeah, just you. go ahead and know that. In fact, if you are undefeated and the tournament's about to start in Indy, I think you call Xavier. You play that game that they want to play. You lose that Ooh, game yep. on purpose. You get Xavier well, in the tournament. Well, hold on. Let's talk about that quickly because I, I, I don't want to do uh, – I, I don't I don't want to insinuate that Gonzaga could have like would have won or anything like that. So I I want to no, get that no, no. out uh, immediately. The, That's not what Baylor I'm doing Baylor but is the best team I, in the country. I, yes. Yeah, we no got the, we got that out of the way. I want to talk about the psychology of this. Of how much do you think that played into it? Of of Baylor because Baylor was in a unique position of being both an all time great team and an underdog and an underdog, mm-hmm. and that's a dangerous combination. With nothing to and lose. And I wonder. Yeah. Do you, do you, that surely had to play a part in of it that course. if Gonzaga, I mean, like we 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 joke about it, we we comment about it. I don't even know if it's a joke, whatever. That like sometimes losing a game is not the worst thing because you get that whole like other monkey that you're dealing with off your back of like we gotta keep the perfect season, get that out of the way. Now we're just focused on winning the national title. Um, and I you know I I again I don't think Gonzaga was winning that game, but I don't. My my point is, you, if that game happens in the regular season, I don't necessarily think Baylor is running them off the floor per se. I don't think. I think like the Suggs Suggs foul trouble with the psychology of it all, as you said, like beating UCLA on a buzzer beater and um and being the favorites and Baylor being in the position of being an underdog. Because like yeah. if that game happens in December, we don't really know who's like at that point. Like Gonzaga was number one, obviously, but like. We're still sussing it all out and everything. I mean, and, I, uh, I, 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 would, I don't know. If they play in know. December, yeah, you're right. There there could be a totally different thing. And I think, you know, that was the best part of tonight was the intrigue. Before the game tipped, like two minutes before, I kind of looked at you and I said, I don't know what I'm going to see tonight, you know? And I, yeah. and I meant that so pure and genuinely because – I knew that we had. Two. I didn't think I was going to see that. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and I, I saw that as an unlikely yeah, outcome. I, I, yeah. I saw that as like basically the one thing we had talked about was I saw in my head a moment where Davion Mitchell is clapping 
in Jalen Suggs' face because Jalen Suggs just dribbled a ball off his foot. That was one thing that we said, and we we knew that he was going to get. We were going to get in his face, and uh, and I didn't know if that was going to be something that like was just trying to like a false confidence type thing, and then you know Gonzaga keeps cutting and and cuts him to death and wins. Um, But in general, that's kind of what it was. I mean, Baylor imposed their will. Baylor made sure that they felt them the entire game. Baylor made sure that they knew that they were. Uh, you know, a more vertical team. They knew that, you know, there were going to be no easy buckets. And I'm telling you, man, when, you, when you're driving and you're kicking and Davion Mitchell beats the ball to the shooter, like he's that quick. Like he, he was beating the ball because he was anticipating the pass and then jumping it. Sometimes he was jumping the passing lane, getting steals. He is an all-time perimeter defender. And they're playing man. They're playing like a basically a matchup man. And he can like kind of you know, move around at his own, you know, accord at the top of that zone. And they did not have an answer for it. And Gonzaga tried their Do you want to be upset? Yeah. Speaking of Davion Mitchell, you want to be upset? Why? I got upsetting news. Jared Butler was the most outstanding player. I mean, I 22 and 7. I mean, I I understand it. But, I mean, I'm just going to say for the tournament, Davion Mitchell was the the most outstanding player for Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and and it's, I don't, I, I, that's no knock to, to Jared Butler at all. He's a first-team All-American. I understand he's going to get that nod. He he had the better game tonight from a I can't wait. standpoint. I, but. I can't wait, by the way, just to get to the, the point of sports. We can get sports talk back to where we can. We don't have to say this is no knock to this guy. I know, I know. You know yeah, I hate yeah, I hate that that's yeah. where we arrived. Like, anytime you're complimenting one thing or – yeah, anytime you're like Baylor's really good, it doesn't mean that Gonzaga sucks. Or anytime you're yeah, saying, yeah, I, I just do we that. Think Davion I, Mitchell I, should have won the M- yeah. MOP. Like, like obviously Jared Butler was awesome and deserves a lot of stuff. Is this Davion Mitchell's was better to me? Yeah, so know. we'll give the here's the all tournament team. We got it now. Uh, shout out to to our team at Fox for sending that over. Johnny Juzang, shout out to Johnny Juzang, man, he was awesome. Davion Mitchell, he should have been MOP. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, Jalen Suggs. Uh, Drew Timmy, who definitely deserved it. As much as I'm talking about Timmy tonight, Timmy has been incredible. I don't want that to get lost. I just think tonight, you know, he kind of learned a lesson, I think. Jared Butler, like you said, is the MOP. So that's your all-tournament five right there. Do you think, it's a very strong here, five. Here's a here's a what-if for you. Uh, what will happen first? A, mm. a team goes undefeated and, and runs the table and wins a national title. From a power conference, we'll say. We'll say a power conference. Yeah, that's Because I think Gonzaga, Gonzaga will always be a threat to do this. But it gets harder when you start talking about power conference teams that have to uh, go play at, at powerhouses like Northwestern and Nebraska, you know, mm-hmm. like from the Big Ten. That makes it a little harder. So um, do you think a team will go undefeated and finish the season first or a guy will be named most outstanding player that didn't win the national title? <laughs> what will happen again? <laughs> wow. I think that one's over. I think that I, I don't think we'll ever see that again. Yeah. A most outstanding player that lost. I feel like it has just become full default, like – who led the team in scoring on the in the title game, or the final four weekend? Like you win it. Here you go. Yeah, I mean, There's- it would take like it would take some Herculean effort, I think, to be able to get enough cachet. But honestly, Johnny Juzang was think- enough of a cult hero. Johnny Juzang yeah, could have. Yeah. If, if they be if they be Gonzaga and, and they lost Juzang tonight, off there's, tonight, there's a chance. Lost, that, like, there's a chance. Yeah, if Johnny Juzang had forty, but they lost by twenty, like there's a chance that America's like, man, even though Baylor won, care. they're the, they're yeah, the better yeah. team, but Johnny's yeah. the best player. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I. Will We'll say like looking forward to next year um, as we kind of get ahead to hit, get ahead of things. I understand. Oh, we got a way too early. Tate's top. No, 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 two? no, 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 no. Tate's top. <laughs> Tate's top ten. I just want to <laughs> say like I want to make the pitch that uh, in general, and I know this won't happen because of the NBA and their, their false promises that they make to these kids, even though they don't care about them. Um, you know, I would love to see a guy like Johnny Juzang 
like I know he's not going to come back, but I would love the idea Johnny come back. of Johnny coming back to like make a run as like the best team in the country. You know what I mean? Like you come back, you're preseason number one. You got Peyton Watson, our five star, coming in there to the program. Yep. Chris Smith, you know, announces in you know midsummer that he's going to also Chris come. Smith back. has to come back. He's Chris, also going to come back to UCLA, and uh, you know Cody Riley, like the whole squad's back. Tiger Campbell's ready to be. Tiger Campbell, by the way is a great college point guard and a guy who gets the position. So like that whole team being preseason number one on the rise would be amazing. I, I, I have such a soft spot for Johnny Juzang. And also I will say just talking about guys coming back. If drew Timmy comes back for Gonzaga and is like, I took that personally, I am here a man on a mission. I will have, I will be all in. I, I will be pulling for Drew Timmy to come back and, and make some noise because I do. I want the, the reason I had my frustrations with Drew Timmy is like, look, man, I don't need you to flex. Like, I, don't be a front runner. Like, you know. And tonight they're down. That is true. If you, yeah, they're they're down fifteen to nine. And he flexed Mark Titus, and thank God, or no, he stroked his mustache, and then thank God, Macy yeah. Ot got him on the other side and hit him with the flex back because I mean yeah. that that's what he deserved, and I think. He knows that. I think he'll learn from it, and I hope that he comes back and he's better for it. And looking forward to next season, we got some, <laughs> we got some good college basketball, man. I mean, last year college basketball is bad. Yes, by the way, yes, suck at haters. Yes, message to the haters. Yes, kiss our ass. Yes, college basketball is back. Yes, uh, th- this was an amazing for given the circumstances of the season. This was coming into the season. I said this is going to be the dumbest college basketball season of all time, and in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, it was. It mm-hmm. was a Mickey Mouse tournament. Yes. we know that. We know that. We, 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 we covered told you it that. extensively. We've covered it extensively on this program. Mm-hmm. Um, it was dumb. It was games were canceled, games were moved. Uh, it, it made no sense. Teams were awarded conference championships, having won fewer games than other teams in conferences, and you're just like, what the hell is going on here? And the the rationale behind it was always just get us to the march, just get us to march, just get us to the to, to the NCAA tournament, yeah. to the march. Get us to this the march. This is the march, as 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 they say. Um, and 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 we'll be fine and it'll all be worth it because we didn't get a tournament last year and all we really want is just get us to a tournament and it was frustrating at times throughout the season Tate it was it was weird having long stretches of of Villanova I, that that one stands out to me if Villanova didn't play for like three weeks I mean our Michigan how was the Michigan number? had the entire yeah. program I mean like the entire athletic department shut down for weeks and then we're making fun of uh, all the guys that you know Jalen Johnson opts out and that's like a bizarre thing that would never happen but also feels like it's probably going to happen more and more as we move forward in college basketball this year and uh just all all the all the weird decisions of uh Michigan comes back from pause and they don't want to play Illinois and on the one hand you're like I want to kill these guys for dodging Illinois on the other hand you're like but at the same time like I mean given the circumstances I guess you you can't really so I guess they, that, that they have a point yeah. and that whole like hazy thing and it sucked and it was weird and all we were thinking about was March Madness is going to be so awesome and then it was and it delivered and all the haters are in in, in they're silent tonight Tate they're in they're shambles silent. they're in shambles they're in right shambles yeah. college basketball is back we we are back this was I, I have to say this for for everyone watching as we're doing this live stream wrapping this up here and everyone listening we're, we're putting this on the podcast feed tomorrow um this was the most fun season of my life mm-hmm. by far and and it shouldn't have been it should have been stupid because it was stupid um but it, it it was fun in part because of of what the show became and and everyone that watched with us and 
uh, followed along and, and all that stuff. And uh, I just want to say shout out to all of you who have been with us through all of this because, uh, you know, that there it, it we're, we're fighting a war for some strange reason. I don't mm-hmm. understand how we got here. I, I want to pull my hair out. It's a culture war of sorts. Yes. The, it's a culture war where, like, if you look at the sport of football, the people who cover the NFL love college football, and they'll, like, give you, you – you talk to them about, like, college football players, and they all have thoughts because they're like, yeah, I was watching every Saturday. This guy and Justin Fields – I think Zach Wilson's they, – like, they're talking about the draft, and they have all these thoughts on all these guys. Because they, they watch them it. play, they're, actually, yeah. Because they love football, yeah, too, yeah, and they don't think, they like, the these game. guys aren't as good as – I'm not going to – it is polar opposite with the NBA and college basketball. The NBA has gotten their orders from Adam Silver, the NBA media, to just sh- crap all over college basketball at, at every turn. Make sure everyone thinks you're – I mean, you have people literally making the argument that you're racist if you watch college basketball, yeah, yeah. if you like it over the NBA. You, like, yeah. this is what we deal with, and I don't mean to say that you and I are victims. I'm saying, like, the sport. Like, this is it, like it's frustrating as hell that, like, we, you and I just love basketball and we just want to talk about basketball. And – uh throughout the regular season my, my my whole point is like there there is like some sort of narrative about like regular season college basketball does not matter it very much does and i want to just thank everybody who followed us the entire and if you're new and if you're just like wanted to watch watch along with we us still love you too that's we still love you too the point is is like this whole season was so fun and it it's it's because we we you know the people that listen to the show and 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 watch the show and all that they make it fun for us so i i just wanted to say that because uh yeah, we're not supposed to have fun. If you listen to the outside world, they say college basketball is not fun in January and mm-hmm. December and February. You have to wait till March. That's not true. I, I had fun all year. It's, this is the most fun I've ever had. It's fun all year, and I remember, you know, last year in 2020, um, you know, there the tournament was canceled, as we all know, and uh, I had I was sick, and uh, I couldn't even do a show. And, yeah. you know, Fox yeah. asked you to do a solo show where you break down the in my kitchen. Yeah. In your kitchen. I recorded on my cell phone because I had no other, like I had no recording equipment. I couldn't meet anybody to get recorded equipment because we thought like, you know, if you just can't like be within any, the vicinity of anybody. So I was like, I don't know. I guess I'll just open my memo app on my, yeah, my voice (laughs) voice memo app and then talking to my phone and and try to give my thoughts. And the fact that like, you know, that was a, a year ago, and I know it feels like 10 years, you know, from that point in time to where we are now, as we've dealt with so much and the world has dealt with so much and people have dealt with so much. But just the fact that, you know, we, we've gotten from here to the two best teams in the country playing in a title game in Indianapolis. You and I are in Indianapolis. We are, you know, able to have some, you know, ability to be around things at some level and, you know, be able to have these guys, you know, have a full season to crown a champion it is uh, one. It's kudos to just the, the fact that we were able to make this happen as human beings, man. The, the human, the human mind, and the human, you know, ability to do things is, is unmatched. And the fact that look, the friends of the program that have stuck with us, like you said, over the years. I mean, we've had three different podcast names. We yeah. had, uh, you know, basically, you know, I, I had what let's just be quite honest of it. One out of five days to care about this show. When I worked at my old operation, because I had 15 other shows to care about. I was basically trying to my best to stay engaged with college basketball. while the people who were were supposed to help me were, and it showed if we're being honest, it showed showed. like you didn't know anything. Yeah. You really didn't. I think everyone who's been around for the whole run of this thing would would know that they would be like, yeah, Tate was an idiot. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying like the the fact that we've gone that far from like, it wasn't even something that I could make a priority to the fact that like you and I have a show on a major network with people who are working so hard for with us shout out to our producer Louise who's sitting in my hotel room over here like talking to our director <laughs> like making things happen
happen. I mean, the, the fact that we have so many great people around us that are working with us, that are that are working to to make great content about the game that you and I love, and and there's so many great programs in college basketball. There's so many great people in college basketball. There's so many amazing stories in college basketball. Jason Preston, for one, just comes to mind as I say stories, and the, the list goes on and on. There's 15 different stories in this game tonight that are amazing. Jalen Suggs' story is amazing. Davion Mitchell's story is amazing. Macy Oteague's yeah. story is amazing. Yeah. Drew Timmy's story is amazing. Like the the fact that all of these characters all come together and we have such a love for them and we know that there are so many people that do have an affinity and a love for them as well and we can all have a space together to talk about it. We don't view this as us talking at you. I know it may sound like that at times and we for really, that yeah, we apologize. We, we 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 want this show to be for you, the people, and for us to have a place where it is, we find our community. Yeah, it is because if if it wasn't for the people that watch us and listen to us, we 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 wouldn't have any of these yeah. things, you know. Like it would it would all go away if we didn't have the number. If we didn't have the uh, if we didn't do numbers, as they say. If we didn't have the <laughs> algorithm blessing us. Yes, thank you, algorithm. Um, then we wouldn't. Fox would be like, kick rocks, dude. Go, I mean, look, go if we didn't else. have that, then I would be so, calling Scott Drew to pray for us. You know, at this point, I'd be like, yeah, please, please, yeah. Scott Drew. So I I want to say that uh, it it really it, this gets more fun every year and it it really is because of uh, the 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 friends of the program you guys you guys make it so much fun and um, I don't know that's enough that's too sentimental for 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 us wrap it up to say I'll give you five minutes on Hubert Davis go yeah 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 I'll uh, I'll throw this out look Hubert Davis I'll be quite honest with you when I first uh, was told that Roy Williams was retiring I had basically a panic attack and. Uh, was as we know, if you listen to the podcast where I talked about it, I you know had an emotional attack of sorts where you know my did you cry? Did you cry on the podcast? I had tried not. I can't remember. I, I, no, I didn't cry on the podcast. I think I got choked oh, yeah. up. I don't think I cried. I, yeah. I mean, you know, I, who knows at this point? Probably. What what, I don't what know. constitutes crying? Does it have to fall out of your eyeball? I mean, to look, I, look, I don't play baseball anymore, so I can cry all I want to. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, um, I had heard that Hubert was going to be the guy. I was a little, you know. I wouldn't say I was jumping with joy at the thought because I had seen Huber for nine years. I had seen him kind of be silently in the background. And, um, you know, I'd always had this feeling like, what what is Hubert Davis going to look like as the head coach? And then today I turn on college game day after he's announced. First of all, I got a great phone call today basically telling me why Hubert's going to be the guy. And, you know, two names, Pat Riley, Michael Jordan. Kind of sold me on that, so I felt pretty good. Um, and, you know, obviously played for Pat Riley, played with Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Also, him and Mike Jordan have go, go way back due to his uncle, Walter Davis, who was a guy who mentored Michael when he got to the NBA. If you don't know how great Walter Davis was, by the way, uh, if you're listening, just go look it up. He's one of the great, the greatest rookie of the year of all time for the Phoenix Suns. Jerry Colangelo, like, made him his top priority to get him to the Suns when he went there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, Hubert Davis is a legendary figure in basketball. He's played for Donnie Nelson. He's, he's played for so many legends and he's tied to so many different people. But I watched him on college game day and, you know, there, there's a lot of times when you're doing your first TV appearance where you're, you know, you're trying to do the sales pitch, tell you why you want the job. It was not scripted. It was not written. It was purely Carolina basketball from his core. And, um, you know, he told the story about when he left the NBA in 2004, he could have gone anywhere in the country. He wanted to go to Chapel Hill. He wanted to raise his kids in Chapel Hill. From when he was four years old, he knew that he wanted to be, you know, a part of Carolina basketball due to his uncle, Walter Davis. And he's been around the program. He's seen it all. He can go into any living room in North Carolina and in New York, anywhere in the world, and say, 
I am the blueprint. I am what it looks like to be successful. And guess what? I'm the first black head coach at the University of North Carolina. And it's not about that. And I know a lot of people, I've seen people say it's, you know, it's a woke hire or something like that. No, Hubert Davis earned this job. Hubert Davis left college game day to sit next to Roy Williams and watch one of the greatest coaches ever and learn. And he learned from Dean Smith and he played for Dean Smith, who I think is the greatest coach that the game will ever see. And you have those two guys and a Bill Guthridge. Um, that, that's pretty good company. You throw in Pat Riley, Donnie Nelson, that's really good company. And uh, Hubert Davis being able to fulfill a dream of Dean Smith, a man who integrated the ACC, a man who went to Charlie Scott. He had Rick Mount, who was from Indiana, Titus. You and you and Coach Titus. I talk to Coach Titus about Rick Mount all the time for some reason. And Rick Mount, Larry Brown, <laughs> went up to go see Rick Mount in Indiana. He calls Coach Smith and he says, Coach, you know, um, I saw the guy, Rick Mount. I know he's the best player in the country. I know he's on Sports Illustrated, but I know a kid, Charlie Scott, in North Carolina that's better than he is. And, uh, you know, the ACC at that time said there will be no black players. Charlie Scott was a black kid. He also was one of the smartest kids. I think he was the valedictorian of his high school, if not, you know, top of his class up there. Um, checks all the boxes. Dean Smith gets him into the ACC. A lot of people were very upset about this at the time, as you can imagine, in 1967, 1968. And Dean Smith did it despite all that. And Dean Smith got a lot of flack for that. But his ultimate dream at the end of the day was for his successor or for someone at the University of North Carolina to break that color gap, to bring, be able to bring a coach in. And he wanted to be Phil Ford. It did not work out with Phil Ford. But the fact that Roy Williams was able to leave and have that happen and it happened, and it wasn't a forced situation. It didn't seem like, you know, it, it, was, it was designed to be that way. It just was perfect. And Hubert is perfect for the job. He is a Carolina basketball guy through and through. I couldn't be more excited for the future, and I can't wait to see what happens. And, and most importantly, he's going to have ESPN in the palm of his hand. Yeah, if, that's judged by his college game day appearance where yeah. he's like, hey, guys, uh, Duke stinks, am I right? And then they go, <laughs> yeah. I mean, call, calling out Coach no. K at the end of his game day appearance really sold me at the end of the day too. So, go, uh, if, if 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 you're so inclined, go watch go watch Davis it. on College Game Day and watch the entire room just like it, it, they 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 thought they were watching. Oh yeah, Dave Chappelle killing him softly. Yeah, it, it, it was, was Bernie Mac. <laughs> Dave, it was the kings of comedy, basically. It uh, was the kings. <laughs> so, it, oh, I, I'm very hey, excited uh, to say the least. That's my last thought. Well, good for you, man. Good Thanks. for you. Happy Thanks. for you. Hey, everyone watching, listening, all that. Uh, we are we are not done. Mm. We 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 appreciate you joining us throughout this entire NCAA tournament run, throughout the regular season, however long you've been listening, whether it's been years or just you, this is your first time. Which, if that's the case, yikes. Um, welcome though. Mm. Uh, we a week from now we are doing the Duffy's Tate. We're bringing the Duffy's back. People, a, a lot of the media out there, they've been talking about what was lost in college basketball last year. Haven't heard a single person mention the Duffies, so I just wanted to point that out, that we lost the Duffies last year. Mm -hmm. There was no Duffies. There was no 2020 Duffies. The Duffies are coming back in 2021. If you're new to the program and you don't know what that means, that is our award show mm -hmm. where we hand out prestigious awards such as Bagman of the Year, yes. such as Headline of the Journalism, year. Headline of the Year, mm -hmm. uh, Cult Hero. What else do we do? I don't know. Good we'll, Guy we of the Year, of course. I mean, Good yeah, Guy of the so Year, many. Bad Guy. So yeah. many. Um, we'll have Kyle, Kyle guy. Yeah, we'll have Kyle's guy as well. Kyle will make an appearance. He'll pick his guy of the year. We'll see how yeah. little he's watched college basketball. That should be fun. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to be 
It's going it's to be my a favorite show, show we yeah, do it, every year. Yeah, if it, it is my favorite show you, we do every year. You said, Titus, we want to have fun on our show. That is the show that if you don't really even like basketball, you can come have fun with us because we love you it. Can, and we're going to be in tuxedos. We, we're going to be on a studio set. I mean, this is going to be the we're going to be the biggest Duffies of all time. So please, of come all join time, us. we're going to be half in the tank. I'm sure as well. Um, <laughs> and it's. It is a rip roaring time, and it's and it's just you know a nice way to cap off the whole season and summarize everything that happened and all the stuff that uh, you probably forgot happened. We probably forgot happened. We got to get to work, research, and remind ourselves on uh, the next week. So we're doing that next Monday. That that that'll are we going to sing on. one shining duffel? That's what uh, the people are asking if we're going to bring the song back. <laughs> uh, Wild bags, Wild bags just DM me. He said, "Please bring back one shining duffel." I was like, "We'll think about it." <laughs> Shout out, Wild bags. One shining duffel. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't know, we made a song our first year and. And uh, we listened back to it. I think so. Uh, All I know is we listened back to it and we were like, wow, it sounded a lot better when we did it live. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening all season. Uh, we truly do not take you for granted, and and we 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 love that you uh, join us on this wild ride. Congratulations to Baylor. Yep, the Baylor Bears are your national champions. Congratulations to Scott Drew. Uh, go celebrate, Baylor fans. You deserve it. And uh, we we I, I'm also I don't think we've seen the last of Baylor Tate. They're going to be back. Gonzaga is going to be back. They got a seat at the table. And God willing, the Buckeyes and Tar Heels will be back because woof, this was not our year. But next year, it might next be. year. <laughs> <laughs>